The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Wrestling champion Shawn Michaels describes a major turning point in his life when his two-year-old son saw him strung out on drugs. Looking at myself in the mirror and, and having to be honest with myself and say, all that other stuff, all that other man stuff that you did means absolutely nothing if you fail in this area. Exploring what it means to be a father and a man in Christ. Coming up on Life Today. Robinson, Betty and I are thrilled to have you. We've got a, a world wrestling champion. He yeah, he no. says all the championships. I don't know what name my guy had. Him. Hey, your dad, he used to like to watch the wrestling. Every Friday night. Oh, it's unbelievable. He just went crazy <laughs> over it, you know. And I'm telling you about now. Here he is, uh, Shawn Michaels. He was uh, in a heel teddy. He was, let's put it mildly and humbly, I was the greatest. Okay. He was... <laughs> And now here he is in a book. He looks pretty tough right here. But I've been sitting and talking to him. I actually had a meal with him, and he didn't hit me with anything, threw nothing at me, didn't throw any punches. By the way, this, this book is phenomenal. I'll tell you how much I like it and how much I like you. If you'll help us feed some kids that are starving to death, we'll just send you the book. But now you can go online, go ahead and order it right now, run to the phone, go order it, go on Amazon, whatever, get it. Go to one of the other websites. But here are the pictures in here that'll absolutely shake you to see what this guy has done, where he's been through, and all of the championship shots of, you know, when he was all muscled up. He says he's still real muscled up. But here he looks like king of the world, you know, here. And, uh, and you know what happened, though? Uh, his whole world got turned right side up. And he's going to tell us about it. Here is Wrestling for My Life, the legend, the reality, and the faith of a WWE superstar. Would you welcome Shawn Michaels to life today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shawn, you got, you got the whole story here, and I've already told our viewers I want them to get it, and we'll even send it to them if they just, you know, reach out to a child and help us give life. Tell us your story. Tell us what you want people to hear all over the world about the journey, maybe some of the tough spots or whatever happened in the highs and the lows and then what happened in your life? Well, first of all, I have to say it, it's it's somewhat intimidating being out here because, you know, I, uh, you know, I hear, you know, you have many guests and their stories are uh, very impactful and nothing short of amazing. And there are often times when I tell mine that I feel very, uh, very foolish and very silly. I, I you know, I was raised a decent kid. I, I just made a lot of really bad choices along the way. And quite honestly, nobody really screwed up my life but me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so sometimes to to come on a show like this, and especially when you have uh, other folks that have been through really tough times, it's, it's again, I feel a little silly. But at the same time, I, I also know that all of us have a story. All of us have a, a testimony. Um, and... And, and, you know, I had the opportunity in 2006 to, to do sort of an autobiography, but it was, obviously, it was more wrestling-related and focused more on my wrestling career and the wrestling aspect of, of, of my life. 
Um, I got to touch on my salvation a little bit, but at that time, it had only been four years, still very new, and um, I wanted to someday have an opportunity to truly tell of the most amazing, most impactful thing that happened in my life, and that was, you know, that was com coming to Christ in 2002. Um, and this was on, on, the, on, the, on the heels of having the, what anybody would judge as the, you know, a career nothing short of spectacular. Um, height, of, height of success. Well, I, mm -hmm. and, and especially, it was the height of success. I mean, I, I was headlining WrestleManias. I was the main event. I was a WWE champion. I was making money. Um, I mean, at one time, at least, I was, you know, doing my best to carry the company. Uh, <laughs> but, well, and, but, but, I mean, and, but doing all this at six feet, one inch, 215 pounds, soaking wet, in a business that is full of, you know, six, nine, 300 pound guys. So it was nothing short of, you know, I, you know, sort of miraculous what I was doing. And I was, I created a great deal of, of success professionally. Um, Were people pulling for you because they saw you as the little guy taking over well, the impossible? Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure, I, uh, certainly know, the great um, hoax or whatever. Um, uh, commercially, so to speak, you know, outwardly, they were pulling for me. Behind the scenes, I wasn't well-liked and I wasn't a decent person. <laughs> it seemed that the more successful I got, the angrier I got, the more bitter I got. Um, you know, it started uh, when I was young, just getting into this line of work. I was raised a good kid, and but I was just so curious about what the other side was like. And then at 19 years old, I don't really know, I don't think I really had any idea who I was as a young man, let alone trying to figure it out as I jumped into this world where every night I would pretend to be something I wasn't. Um, and by the time I was 30 years old, I was uh, neck deep in it. And I honestly didn't know how to get out. And, um, and what was once sort of termed as fun was no longer fun, but I was still doing it because I just so didn't like where I was or who I was or what I'd become. So on television, I had everything that one would assume one would need to be happy. Um, but personally, I was just, uh, you know, I was into drugs and drinking and partying, and, but not even in a joyful way. It was, it was. Uh, party wasn't fun. You know, it was, it was sheer misery. And then in 1998, I, I got injured and the doctors told me I'd never wrestle again. And so I you was forced to retire. I moved back to San Antonio um, and wallowed in my misery. And um, I was fortunate enough to, you know, meet a woman and, you know, in our first conversation, you know, we're talking on the phone and she says, well, I got to know, um, do, do you believe in Jesus? And I said, well, I was raised Catholic. Of course I do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, you know, I, just so you know, I met her two weeks later. I asked her to marry me two weeks after that. <laughs> and we got married two weeks after that. So the entire thing from the time I laid eyes on her was probably six weeks. I was married her, married her and then two weeks after that, and this is, I know this is a Christian show, but you know, I, I am who I am. I knocked her up. So we're, now we're having a baby. <laughs> All right. And if this isn't love, I don't know what is. Yeah, 
<laughs> and the thing is, I was crazy about her. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it wasn't long into this marriage that she said, "Look, you you, you may know who Jesus is, <laughs> but you don't know, you know you ain't you don't know him." <laughs> and uh, clearly, the cat was out of the bag at that point. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, you know, I, you know, did my best to sort of hold on and as. You know, and, and of course, then, you know, I, know, I realized I've got nine months to change. Buddy, you're going to be a dad in nine months. You've got to get your act together, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change. I'm going to do this. From her standpoint, it was, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a mother. I need to get myself together. You know, she, you know, she was already far more together than I was, but, <laughs> um, but as you might imagine, that isn't saying much. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, but so she she got back to Bible study, you know, starting to try to find a church, and of course, me being wanting to be the supportive husband, it's just you know, I think that's awesome, honey, and I will attend with you and, and and everything. And I really worked on trying to get better, and you know, I I, I would I would cut down on little things, yeah. but it's I, it's you know, it's still it wasn't. Sure. You know, still the it's same. Like thing. most folks who trot into church and out, there's not a whole lot going you on. Try, lot. You're I, trying to make the change yourself instead of God doing it. You know? And 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 there you have it. I bet and, you were doing a poor job. I, well, I wasn't doing good. <laughs> and, I, and I'll be honest, one the, the you know, and she never pushed. She you know, unbeknownst to me, on nights when I would pass out, uh, she would go in the closet and pray for me. And and all and all she ever prayed was you know. Just for him to you know, get off that stuff, just to get off that stuff, not to be saved, not to be anything, not to become the Jesus freak that I am, none of that stuff. Just, just clean him up a little bit. I mean, she was, I mean, she even prayed for a low bar. Um, you know, she wasn't. You know, it's like if you, you know, if you could just make him, you know, presentable, it'd be awesome. Um, and so, of course. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm, and I'm not doing very good. And one Christmas, you know, she leaves out a study Bible, but then she leaves out this book by Dr. James Dobson, and it's called Straight Talk to Men. And I start reading this thing, and all of a sudden, and, and I, you know, I, I'm sure you know Dr. Dobson. I've never met the man, and it, it, he's, if I ever meet him, he's, he's somebody that I always go, I'm not sure if I would just give him a big hug or I punch him because <laughs> I read this thing, and I just, I've never been so you know, nicely and sweetly dressed down. But like, you know, like, he, I mean, he was just letting me know what a, just a horrible human being, what horrible man I was, but saying it in the nicest way. And I, and, and it just, I mean, it, 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 it just, it cut me and I just thought, my goodness, I've got to, yeah. I've got to try to get a hold of this. <laughs> and then finally, it was one night, I'm on the couch, and again, I've, I've cut, off just about everything, but I've, you know, it's just like, well, it's just Friday nights now. <laughs> and, you know, my son and I at that time, you know, he's now two years old, so I've, I've missed my nine-month bar, I've missed his one-year bar, and now he's two years old and I still haven't gotten myself together. Um, cut down, but I'm not where I need to be. And uh, I'm on the couch and I'm half in the bag, and he and I, you know, at that time, and we still do it now, which is different, but it's, uh, you know, a pizza and cookie night, <laughs> and as I'm half in the bag, he's crawling on me, and I hear him, you know, out of his little voice say, Daddy's tired. And it hit me that finally at two years old, he can see it now. He can see who I am and, 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 uh, and who I've allowed myself to become. And uh, 
and to this day, I mean, I, I tell him now, I mean, he's 15, he's 16, and I say, boy, you ruined me. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I was so tough before you, and now, you know, every time I talk about it, it, uh, it cuts me to the quick because I, it, I, it was, and, and nobody knew about it. It was a private moment uh, between us, but I knew that I was failing him, mm. and I knew that the only way he was gonna have any idea, and I'm hearing Dr. Dobson here, the only way you'd be, he's gonna know how to be a man is by, by seeing it in you. And I, and I was uh, uh, desperately falling short. And that was the night that I, I, I did, I, I, you know, I cried out to the Lord and it's just, please, you know, please, uh, and it was, it was, it was, you know, and that's why I ended up writing the book. It was my looking at myself in the mirror and, and having to be honest with myself and say, Mr. You need, you know, you are, you know, it doesn't matter. All that other stuff, all that other man stuff that you did means absolutely nothing if you fail in this area. And, uh, and that was the day that, uh, and, and, and strangely enough, I, you know, I went to the church the next day and, you know, I went, I, you know, it was Cornerstone. I'm sure you know Pastor Hagee. And <laughs> I didn't know this. Years later, Pastor Matt tells me we, they thought I was in there doing some kind of punk thing. You know, they, <laughs> not, well, the Hagees, they wouldn't come out of their offices because they're like, they heard Sean, you know, Sean Michaels, the wrestler's in there. You know, he's in there. And I was in there like looking for a Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they wouldn't come out because they thought like they're, they're, that wrestling, there's something crazy going to go on out there. <laughs> And thankfully, you know, another gentleman stuck his head out and said, you can come to my Bible study. And I went there and he said, Sean, you know, would you like to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And I said, you know, I think I would. And he said, well, have you ever said the sinner's prayer? And of course, in my Catholic mind, I'm going through this Rolodex of prayers. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I've got the Hail Mary, got the Mother. I said, no, nothing that I can't remember. You know, and he said, well, to be a part of this Bible study, you need to be born again. Have you been born again? I said, nope, just the one time. <laughs> and, uh, and just so you know, I've been entertaining my entire life. Yeah. I didn't change with my salvation. But uh, I great. said the sinner's prayer and wept like a baby, and my life has never been the same Crazy. Since. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Just, uh, my mother will watch you. She's getting mad at me. But what it, no, because, well, because uh, take five years after that, I baptized my own mother. Don't you love this guy? Don't you love this open, honest testimony? And I'm telling you, when you're talking about your little boy, and he's up there, Daddy's tired. That little boy looked down and saw your soul. The soul that Jesus wanted to rescue. We, we got a picture here. Isn't that an incredible picture of that little boy right there? <laughs> you see he's got daddy's clothes on. <laughs> yep. And this is my friend Dudley Hall. He's an old football player at Alabama. And he came and heard me preach when I was so young. And he was. And just really sold out to God. I preached on being filled with the Spirit. And God knows Dudley's filled with the Spirit. Heirs to the kingdom. Dud, uh, Dudley talks about, Betty, orphans no more. Put off the orphan mentality. He said most churches look like orphanages rather than the children of the Father in heaven and the King's kids. This is phenomenal. We want to give this to you. We want to give you the book Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. Sean, I want to give people something that blesses them in Christ, and I want to give them your book, Wrestling for My Life. I want to tell you something, buddy. This is one of the clearest testimonies that we've ever heard anybody give. And I want to turn right now to everybody listening. Now, listen to me. If you haven't met the Jesus that Sean Michaels is talking about, when all the success the world offers still leaves you empty. Is that right, Sean? Yes, sir. Empty. And Jesus has given you a joy, hadn't he? Oh, yeah. And boy, it's, it's, it's all over you. <laughs> Listen, 
this is what God wants for you. I wish I could get your attention. I wish I could reach out and just kind of pull you up and just say, please listen. Or I wish I could take your broken heart and say, let's let God put it together. And you see, if I want that, just a human being, just an old guy that's been preaching a long time, three children, 11 grandchildren, going to have a grandbaby here pretty quick, a great, great grandbaby. We got 11 grandchildren. We're going to have all great grandchildren in my eyes. We're going to have a great grandbaby. And I tell them that. But listen, here's the thing. I've been out a long time preaching. But I'm going to tell you something. If I care about you, think how much more the Father in heaven cares about you. And if I want to help you, and I'm so limited, the one who is unlimited and who loves you, would you let him help you? healed your heart, your hurt, literally give you a new future, a new life. He came that you might have life and have it more bountifully and abundantly than you ever imagined. Ask him right now. Just ask him. Just like he said a while ago, Sean said, yeah, said the sinner's prayer. Jesus, boy, here is a sinner. You got one. You got a needy person, Lord. Here I am. Would you cleanse me, forgive me, save me, give me your life, the life you offer. Give it to me. Just tell him. In your words, tell him. And he says, you don't have to beg. You don't ask the Father for bread and get a stone. He gives you life. Why don't you call the phone number there on the screen and say, I just prayed. Somebody will thank God with you. I'd like to send you the book, Knowing God as Father. I wrote it because I didn't have a father until I met God. He's my father. He wants to be your father, even if you've had a dad. I'll send it to you. It's a simple Bible study as well as just the testimony of what it's like to know him as father. Sean, you have blessed us so much. I want to show you right now some children that don't have what kids over here have, and they need just a chance. Now, I want you to look. I want you to watch. But then I want you to say, God, how would you want me to respond if I were your hands? Because you are. Yes, you are. Watch. When you look at the hardship facing many in Africa, their struggle to survive, it's easy to think it's all they've ever known. We might even be inclined to think they are accustomed to pain, but to believe that removes us from the reality of their plight. For Alawel, suffering and tragedy are things she has come to know only recently. There was no warning. Alawell lost almost everything in one dark night. Bullets flying and fire raging, defenseless and helpless, she witnessed the unthinkable. It's not something from which you recover quickly, especially when it was just the beginning. Though she lost two children that night, five of Alawel's children escaped the attack. But what they couldn't escape is the malnutrition attacking in the aftermath of lost crops, livestock, shelter. And then we as Alawel watches children play nearby, her mind drifts to sweet memories of those little ones she lost. 
while she'll never forget, she can't dwell there long. The desperation of her two remaining children calls to her, and it calls to us. We can't change everything Alawell and countless families like hers have experienced, but we can help them on their road to recovery by ensuring no more of their children die of starvation. And yes, we really can. Father, I pray that we will. You know, when because of the horrors of what's occurring there, and it can occur here in any free country where you live, like the United States, Canada, Australia, the United Kingdom, wherever you are, horrific things happen. But there in Africa, where there's so much crisis, and then the plunder, and then the absolute devastation of crops and food, We've got 400,000 precious children and their family members throughout Africa that have been hit hard. They hurt, and only love can heal the hurt. But they're hungry. And now then, for nearly 25 years, we've been feeding the hungry. And what you need to understand is that we're watching impoverished nations turned upside down, right side up, miraculously. One of them's Mozambique. The miracles that we've seen there are indescribable. What we're watching happen in Angola, what just has happened in Botswana, where freedom has been born in a way that is reminiscent of the birth of our nation. Various things are happening throughout the country. What's taking place in Rwanda is nothing short of a miracle. The healing of the racism that's been there for hundreds of years. Miracles, it's the gospel, but it's demonstrated love. We're saving lives. And when you meet people at the point of their need, Betty, where they hurt and you show them love, they're more anxious to listen to people talk about love. And we've seen They that. are, James. And, you know, we, we watched what war can do. It killed her husband and two children. But they're fighting another battle, a battle against starvation, hunger, that can also take the lives of her other two children that she loves so desperately and wants to spare from death that's surely headed their way if something doesn't take place. And that's the, what we can do. We can make that difference. We can offer hope to them through giving and love and get, supplying the food that they need, James. Well, it really is simple because the missionaries are there and they're sent by God but they're supported by us, people like us. You know, when we talk about feeding and we talk about the cost, we're also talking about keeping the missionaries and relief workers in place. We're talking about you have invested in trucks, hundreds of them, in aircraft to move things around. You who've watched life today have been miracle workers now for decades. Right now, we're talking about the hundreds of thousands that we have located that have a need that the missionaries are ready to meet. All we do is keep them there and we feed the children and their families and we give them the food and the wherewithal. It takes an average, think about this, of $30 to feed three children for the next month, 50 to feed five, 100 to feed 10. You can feed 100 children for a $1,000 gift. I pray many of you will just say, I'm going to the phone, I'm going online, I'm giving $1,000. I'm gonna help 100 children like that. I'm gonna do it. I don't think there's a person watching that couldn't help three, five, or 10. I don't think there's a person that couldn't. The issue is, will you? A lot of times we say, oh, I care. But how much do we care? Do you care enough to share? I believe you do. Would you go to lifetoday.org, make the gift God put on your heart, or dial that number, use your bank card like a check. If you want to write a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us you're mailing it. 
We have some beautiful gifts to send you. The book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, is probably the most high-impact book I have read in many years. And I told Philip Yancey that. He said, James, thank you. This message from this incredible doctor on the body, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, to show the body of Christ what we're to look like, it is absolutely indescribable. We want to send it to you to bless you. Dudley Hall teaching on heirs to the kingdom right here, right now for the glory of God. We want to bless you. We have gifts to bless you, but you're giving the gift of life. Would you please right now, lifetoday.org or dial that number and make the gift of life. Whatever gift you can make, you're going to be saving lives. Thank you for doing it. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa and those at greatest risk are the children. This month, 400,000 children are depending on us for survival. And now in South Sudan, the suffering has intensified and our feeding efforts are desperately needed by an additional 25,000 children. Our mission teams are in place, but your support is critically needed to replenish and distribute food supplies immediately. When you call or go online today and make a life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100, you will provide urgently needed food to three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. As our way of saying thank you, we'll send you Heirs to the Kingdom, four powerful messages on audio CD or USB flash drive. You'll also receive the award-winning book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed 10 children, please request The Story, a running narrative Bible to help you engage with God's Word more easily. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed 100 children, you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I want to say thank you. Uh, you remember I said you are God's hands. You really can be. But Betty, the only way we're really his hands as they should be is if we have his heart. That's right. You're on his heart. That's why he's touched you today. Others are on his heart and he wants you to touch them. We'll send you Shawn Michaels book too. You say, James, I, I helped. I, I made a gift to give life to these kids. We'll send it to you to say thank you along with the other gifts. And uh, I want all of our audience and you, and by the way, you can go to the bookstores and get a copy for your friends or you can go online. Phenomenal story. You know, a lot of people listen to Sean wouldn't listen to me, old sissy preacher. They listen to this old restaurant right here. I think Sean likes me though. And I think uh, maybe you do, but here's the deal. They like Sean. They like Sean. So get it. Would you join us in thanks to Sean Michaels and thanks to God. Thank you Sean, I love you, buddy. Thank you, sir. I love you. Thank all of you for watching live today. Go to stream.org. You see that on the screen? Google it in, put in stream.org. Go there every day. Get the news and then the good news. What do we do about the bad news? We want to help. Thanks for watching.
be sure to visit stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org. Next week, the man who coined the word Godwings, Squire Rushnell, and his wife, Impressionist Louise Duarte, explain divine alignment. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.